1: finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another What's in the News episode. Hi, everybody. How are you doing, Madigan? Good. Are you recording our video right now? I am, yes.
3: (gasps) I love this. Well, then I have to I feel bad that I'm not like looking cuter,
2: but I do have my feminist sweatshirt on. That's really cute. I do not look cute. I always record the video because in order to get the audio off of Zoom, you have to record the video. <laughs> so I've been doing it, but this is actually like the first time I've met with you to record that I haven't put makeup on cuz usually I try and do it cuz it makes me yeah. feel like a human being. Yeah. But this week I was just like I it, I cannot I just can't. Yeah. I've been filling in my brows in the morning and that's about it. But it'd be
3: cool to like post clips of us recording. That'd be really fun.
2: Um, so Keegan, a uh, little bit of a check-in. How you doing?
3: How's everything going?
2: I'm doing okay. I think it's fun to do these like quarantine check-ins. It's like throughout the weeks. So it's like, how are you holding up? Better? Worse? Where are you exactly. on the scale? Yeah, yeah. So, How worried about you do I need to be? <laughs> truly. Have you seen that Britney Spears one where it's just like, where are you at today? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, like what level of quarantine? And it's like the first one is like Britney looking really good and really fierce. And then like number 10 is like bald Britney with an umbrella beating up a car. Uh, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah, yeah. Where are you? What
3: level the of Britney are you? Got it. Okay, I understand that. Yeah, totally. I get that.
2: Yeah, I'm I feeling- totally that. I'm feeling okay, like actually. Like I'm feeling all right. Um I haven't gone out a ton in the last couple of days. Like I went out to the new thing that we have decided to do in a, in an effort to feel in control is uh reinstate our balcony garden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw that on Instagram and it looks gorgeous. That picture Thank of the you. strawberry
3: is amazing.
2: Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. Like we were just like because I've I've grown peppers and uh, tomatoes out there before. And we were like, you know what, if we're going to be stuck inside without a lot of options to go outside, and also it's hard to get produce and things like right now. So like, let's start a veggie and fruit garden on the balcony. So we did that and it gives us something to do every day and look forward to. So yeah, it's been good. We put up lights out there on the balcony. Oh, we're trying to set it up so that we can like have somewhere to go.
3: You know what you should do is you should um you have that great bar by your door. At night, you should move the bar outside. You get a couple like patio chairs and set up a nice little because summer's just around the corner. We don't know how long it's going to last. So I was thinking the same thing of getting like some beach chairs or something that could fold up that I could bring in the house and then I could just put them up outside and read a book or whatever. And yeah. that's actually one of the things I've been doing is I've been I've been reading a lot. I'm reading a book right now called Higher Achiever, I think. It is by Tiffany Jenkins. And it's about a former addict who came through recovery and her story. And it's just really great. Um, and then I got the Malala. I got the Malala book and I got um, Know My Name by uh I don't know her full name, Chantal. What's her last name? The, oh, yes. Uh, the victim of the of uh, Brock Turner.
2: Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. How are you? Is that one, that first one that you mentioned, is that a novel?
3: It is a novel. It's it's based on a true story, but the names have been changed. And it starts with her having been arrested, but we don't know why. And then we kind of, it's nice because you you learn bits about her story as she's telling it to the people around her in the story. And so it's a really great way to tell her true story, but also in a very like easy to read, sometimes even humorous way. Um, it's pretty amazing. She attempted suicide her first night in prison and her roommate like saved her life, like hurt her and saved her life. And it just kind of goes from there and it's a really amazing story. What's that one called again? I believe it's called Higher Achiever, but you know what? I have it on my iPad right here, so let me check. It's just High Achiever. And then it says, the incredible true story of one addict's double life. Ooh. It's very good because she's from Florida and she's... Like about my age, she's like 27. And, you know, when she's younger in the story, she's like 23 or so. But anyways, it's a it's a really, really great and inspiring story and very fascinating. It's also very heavy. Um, so I'm glad I've been reading it at work when I have a lot of really great distraction and
2: things like that. Yeah, it is one of the benefits of this quarantine that you can kind of like discover new things that you take you know, joy or pride in. Yeah, you have a little bit of time, maybe to read or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I, I'm gonna try and make more bread. Although I went to the, I love it. I went to the grocery store because we were like, okay, we're gonna do one last like big haul of stuff before everything kind of like. Slows to a halt so like let's get some Fresh things or whatever And I was like I am going to Bake a lot of bread and breads require So much flour that I was like I'm gonna like buy even though I have two things Of flour I'm like I'm gonna buy some more flour And they're completely out Or where we went was completely out Of flour and completely out of Chocolate chip cookies or chocolate Chips (gasps) yeah Because I was gonna make cookies too and they're completely Out of chocolate chips I Um, want
3: chocolate Chip cookies more than I want anything else. We had some for a bit, and I don't think I'm getting any. So I I got an Instacart on Wednesday. It's being
2: delivered tonight between 8 and 9 p.m. People are stress baking. They are stress yeah. baking. I mean, I even looked on Walmart. Like, I was like, oh, let's go to walmart.com and see if I can't have, like, flour and chocolate chips delivered. Like, I know it'll mm-hmm. take, like, two weeks or whatever, but eventually – they're sold out, except you can buy a five-pound bag of flour. I think, I think you should do it. That's what Anthony said. He's like, just buy the five-pound bag. And I'm buy like, I don't I need five pounds. <laughs> yeah, but no, what you could do is you could get, like,
3: do you have other containers?
2: Yes. You
3: yeah. Separate it into different containers, put it away in a closet or in the back of a pantry or something. And then as you need it, you have more. Keegan, you're not going to have to buy flour for like 10 years. It's going to be amazing. It's
2: true. And also, like... I, I It will just encourage me to make a lot of bread. <laughs> like That's he, really what will happen. If
3: you could bake me
2: some bread and then we'll
3: plan a time for when I'm leaving work one day, you leave it outside the gate. I'll swoop it, run away with it, eat all of it. I can do that. <laughs> I would love it. So, all right. Should we get into talking a little bit about the news?
2: Yes, let's do it.
3: And what's in it?
2: Yeah. Um.
3: So... There's a few things that I had already written. I wrote two things earlier today that I wanted to talk about. One, not so positive, One, a bit more positive. And um, right before I was recording, like literally maybe 10 minutes before I texted you today, Max sent me an article of something that I was like, holy shit, I want to read this. So I'm going to read this first. And I don't have any like real notes on it because like I said, I literally just kind of copy pasted a few things from a Vanity Fair article. Okay. Um, But let me tell you all about it. Okay, so there's a bunch of senators who knew that shit was going to hit the fan and the coronavirus was going to be awful and we were going to be in this situation like way back when like what do they say in like November or something or was it January?
2: I can't remember. January. Yeah, I would think it's probably about January because it was was January when people were like It's coming to the United States. You guys need to get ready. And we didn't, of course. Right. Well, it was when
3: when the U.S. had first been alerted of this, basically a bunch of these senators like pulled all their stocks out because they knew that the stock market was going to crash. Among the group of senators was Georgia's Kelly Loeffler, who reportedly sold stocks worth between $1,275,000 and $3,100,000 between January 24th, when she sat in on a meeting of lawmakers, the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and Dr. Anthony Fauci, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and mid February, not long before she tweeted Democrats have dangerously and intentionally misled the American people on coronavirus readiness. Here's the truth. At Real, Donald Trump and his administration are doing a great job working to keep America healthy and safe. And now new disclosures show even more selling of stocks in the weeks that followed, plus an extremely well-timed investment in none other than a company that just happens to make the sort of medical equipment that is extremely short supply at the moment. So she pulls her stocks out of all this stuff. And that's been happening since January. But the most recent development was that she put her money into a company that creates this like medical supplies. So there are these people who basically knew that stocks were going to plummet and that we were in serious trouble that pulled millions of dollars out of their stocks and are now putting their money into medical supplies, which really had no worth at the time when they were investing into them. But are, And even now, they're really not worth that much. But we know that as time goes on, that stock is going to go up and up.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, Diane Feinstein did it our senator mm. here in California, our Democratic mm. senator here in California. Who? Come on, girl. I mean, she's been judged for a long time. Like, a lot of very progressive people don't like her have been trying to get her out for a long time. Uh, yeah, but know. yeah, she did it. And um, since this came to light, and it and maybe it happened a long time ago, but it came to light very recently because they've been trying to defend themselves recently. And what a lot of them are saying, and I think including the woman who you were just talking about, about. A lot of them are like, I have money managers. I don't move yes. the, the money myself.
3: Yep. It's um, not me.
2: It's the other people that are
3: looking at the stocks and where things are going. Yeah, exactly. It's so fucked
2: up. Yeah, it's it so really fucked is. Up.
3: Yeah, it really, really so is. That was one thing that I wanted to mention because that made me really, really mad. And then the other thing that I really wanted to talk about is the difference in treatment between how the U.S. is handling the coronavirus and how China was handling the coronavirus. Because Maybe a lot of people already know a lot of this stuff. Some of this was eye-opening to me. It was good information. And for those of you that don't know, um, it's a bit of an eye-opener of what we could be doing as well, what we could be implementing into our lives to be safer. So... um, when the coronavirus first hit Wuhan, China, authorities went door-to-door for health checks. They forcibly isolated every resident in makeshift hospitals and separated children from their parents if they displayed even mild COVID-19 symptoms. And also there were caretakers who worked, they said apartments in this article, which was from um, like a Google News article, but it kind of sounds like they meant it didn't even sound like a senior living home. It was weird. It just said that like the gar- the caretakers at apartments uh, were made to work as like kind of security guards that would monitor the residents' temperatures when they would come in to decide if they could come into the building or not. And there were also fucking drones that hovered the streets that would scold people to go inside or yell at them for not wearing face masks. Like this stuff is like some Hunger Games stuff. Yeah, I don't, that feels very dystopian. Well, here, listen, but this is, it's interesting. So elsewhere in China, there was a mandatory phone app connected to facial recognition software that color codes people based on their cont- Cajun risk. This decides who can occupy public spaces. Very dystopian. I know it sounds crazy, but just hear, hear me out through this thing and then we'll discuss it. Okay? Got it. Okay. Hear me out. I'm not saying we should do this. I'm just saying let's get through all of it and then let's unpack it. So, okay. Apparently you couldn't even go outside if you had a dog. There was somebody who said that they had to train their dog to go potty in a certain area of their house because they weren't allowed to go outside at all. It was really intense. So Chinese officials have said that even if the United States were to immediately adopt all of China's strict testing and lockdown, this still would not stop the spread of the disease. We would apparently need to take even more extreme measures than China, which I'm like, how much more extreme could you get? The Chinese doubt that this will happen in the United States, so because political will and cultural inclinations here. So basically, the way we are politically minded, we've all got got this, like, I want my freedom, Like Americans are so used to getting things easy and having like the leisure of life where I think the Chinese are kind of looking at us Americans being like, there's no way they could do
2: this. There's no way that they could possibly pull this off. Um, I agree with them. I don't think that we will be able to do that. I mean, one, it's there are two completely different forms of government. Like the um, Chinese government is far more like authoritarian than what we have here. And then secondly, look, man, I've been added to some groups. I don't even know entirely why I was added to these groups, uh, but somebody added me to a Springfield group and it's called like Springfield's closed or whatever. And it's basically where people can talk about which businesses are still open or like how to get things or people who are still oh, selling okay. things, how to get them and all that stuff. And right. so I was added to this group. Totally fine. But The number of people, I'm telling you, getting the middle of the country to get on board with this is going to be extremely difficult. Um, Yeah. Not for everyone. Like, of course, like my mom is taking it like super seriously. Like a lot of people are taking it very seriously. But the number of people in this group that I have seen say things like, you're just going to let the government take your freedoms away. Yeah, like you know, uh, you you guys are sheep, and you're getting scared because the government is telling you to be scared. Like these exactly. things are things yeah. that people are thinking, and the way we have this kind of attitude in this country, that I really feel like it will be people what will saying, have a hard time. They will. I,
3: what you're saying is really interesting because they're saying that the big problem here is our lack of unity. Which is kind of ironic, hence our name, the United States, um, because basically the way that our government works is that we leave it up to like individual states and cities and counties and things like that. To right, make which is an us. issue
2: because we like just recently, I think just we're recording this on a Wednesday, I think just today or yesterday, did Florida's governor finally put a shelter mm-hmm. in place on the state and like. He received a lot of criticism, rightly so, for that. But like, that's the issue that we're having is just like if we're leaving it up to mayors and governors and cities and states to make these decisions for themselves, uh, Mm -hmm. which I understand and it benefits us in a lot of ways to have those kinds of freedoms. But unfortunately, with something like this, especially when you have a president like we have who dragged his feet for a long time in the beginning, it would be nice if somebody could just be like, this is mandatory. Exactly.
3: Well, and that's the thing. There is a senior advisor to China's government that says, you need to isolate people on an enormous scale in stadiums, big exhibition halls, wherever you can. It seems extreme. It works. No one left behind was the slogan in Wuhan. No one. So they were doing it out of the kindness of their hearts, but it seemed very intense to be, you know, isolating so many people individually. Like this was a really hard time for people. This wasn't like, where we at least have each other in the comforts of our home and everything like that. Uh, this has been really tough for a lot of people.
2: Yeah. So, along those lines, Bolsonaro, who is the president of Brazil right now, mm-hmm. he is refusing to uh, shut Brazil down and he is constantly downplaying this virus. He has even called it a measly cold <laughs> when talking to people. So the coronavirus cases and deaths are mounting in Brazil, but he declared last week that Brazilians are uniquely suited to weather the pandemic because they can be quote, dunked in raw sewage and don't catch a thing. That's what he said. He's like, he's like, our people are tough. We could dunk Brazilians in raw sewage and they wouldn't catch anything. That's really intense. And I don't really insulting. Yeah, I was gonna say that It's at first
3: sounded like you were going to talk about how resilient they were and then you just reduced them to basically like rats and
2: raccoons that go through garbage. Right, yeah, exactly. That's what I got from it. it, Even his own health ministry has said that they need to shut things down, but he decided on Sunday, last Sunday, to visit the commercial district of Brasilia, the capital, where he called everyone except for elderly Brazilians to get back to work. And then he (laughs) insisted That there was an anti malaria pill that has not been proved efficient against this virus. Uh, He went and said that this. Pill would be essentially like a cure to no. the virus. So he is kind of like the highest profile world leader we are seeing right now resist this. Like in yeah. the beginning, we saw Trump kind of like playing this thing off as overblown or as a hoax, but even he came around at some point or was able yeah. to be convinced by medical professionals. And unfortunately, Bolsonaro has still not been able to be convinced. So How? How I-, is that I don't. Poss- I don't know. That is such
3: a scary thing to have your leader go and say, everybody get back to work.
2: It's incredibly scary, especially since the virus started spreading in Brazil in late February. And since then, as of today, as of Wednesday, So Wednesday for everyone listening, there were six thousand eight hundred and thirty six confirmed cases in Brazil and two hundred and forty reported deaths in Brazil. See, really quick. Can can I interject? Yeah.
3: This is the thing about the statistics that's driving me crazy is that we don't actually know because so many people are not getting tested because they're not available. That's right. I mean,
2: but even then. So we're talking the numbers are just going to be higher. Right. We're talking nearly 7,000 confirmed cases, which means that that number is almost definitely much, much higher than that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so he did not, uh, does not currently endorse any strict quarantine measures uh, at all. He's actively defying the World Health Organization. And he was quoted as saying, and this is something that we have heard, not only from our president, but also from a lot of people, most of them Republicans, uh, Mm -hmm. who have said that the collateral effects of the measures to fight the coronavirus cannot be worse than the actual illness. So basically he's saying some people are going to die whatever at least our economy will be okay. So, right. of course, the country is not happy about this, uh, and they have been protesting, hanging outside of their windows at night, banging pots and pans and and Good. yelling down with Bolsonaro. But he, he was quoted as saying, some will die from it, such is life. <laughs> and that's it. And I've heard so many... Did you hear Vanessa Hudgens on like fucking
3: Instagram Live or TikTok or something? He said the same thing. I'm like, girl, thing
2: to say. Yeah, and it's then you then you sacrifice yourself. Then you do it. Yeah, yeah. Because what you're asking is for me to sacrifice my my parents or my grandparents to this. Exactly.
3: Well, did you even see the comment on the post that I made yesterday of the? It's like the nurse with the superhero painting behind her. Yeah, and I said that. Some heroes wear scrubs, and somebody said, like, Well, that's like a career that they get paid for. Like, that's not, they're not, you're doing. not a hero for doing your job. Is basically right. What he was and saying. I was like, Well, I commented, I was like, well, What about like the military?
2: Because you're right. paid to be in the military. You know what I mean? Like Any of these jobs that people would say are heroic, like firefighters, any of these yeah. jobs. Yes, they signed up for this. It doesn't mean that it doesn't take a great deal of bravery to exactly. do this job every day. And also, I would argue that nurses didn't sign up to be on the front line of a pandemic. No, uh, and they you know what's to funny is... Nurses. Well, and that's the
3: thing is that they... Um, this is another like huge countrywide, you know, pandemic crazy panic time, which just reminds me of like Pearl Harbor when all these nurses who weren't actually trained to be nurses for the military were kind of shipped in to Hawaii and such. Yeah, it just I mean, reminds and me of that.
2: It's not. I know that your post was directly talking about nurses in particular uh, or doctors, but it's uh-huh. not just nurses and doctors. Like I have of friends not. who are working at grocery stores and they are saying like they're like I didn't sign up for this like I didn't sign up to be on the front lines of a a deadly pandemic you know no and
3: they can't and they can't quit because they're dependent on their job right now because we don't know how long this is going to last it's not like they can be like I didn't sign up for this I'm out of here it's like I didn't sign up for this but I don't have another choice Right. So I have to stick this out.
2: Yeah, we just got, I mean, luckily Anthony and I are still able to pay our rent and everything, but we just got a notice from our company, our management company who yeah. manages our apartment building. And they were like, hey, we're going to shoulder this together. But by the way, you still owe rent. You know yeah. what I mean? They're like, we can't oh. evict you, but you still owe rent.
3: You yeah, know exactly.
2: Um, That's how they're like, going to people, be. People have to be able to have jobs. So I, I don't, you know. It sucks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so yeah, Bolsonaro. Uh people are kind of calling for his removal. So we'll Wait, see Bolsonaro. what happens. Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro, yes. Keegan. We talked about Bolsonaro yes. with the He's a bad person. He's look at a- how smart I am. <laughs> <laughs> He's a uh, very right wing uh president as yes. well. But they are trying to get him impeached right now, or uh, well, at least there are murmurings a- of that. He wants to be a fucking dictator, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was dark. I can't remember all the details around him, but yeah, Yeah, he's a bad man. It's
3: bad. It's real,
2: real bad. Yeah, get him out of there. So the last thing I wanted to talk about just quickly, uh, I want to talk about this last week, but I was like, oh, we're overloaded with info right now. Yeah. But Harvey Weinstein is positive for the coronavirus. He was reported positive. We uh, have not talked about this, but it's something that we should probably address. And well, because we're we're really sad about it. We're trying to work through it. We're absolutely not sad about it, but <laughs> no, we're not. Sorry if my if my sarcasm wasn't obvious. No, no, no. Your sarcasm was obvious, but okay, good. We are sad about it, but here's the thing, and this is kind of why I wanted to to address it and talk about it because Harvey Weinstein was. Tested positive for the coronavirus. And also there are a lot. So there were a lot of memes going on about that because literally nobody cares about his feelings or his health because he's a bad person. We just don't like him very much. Right. And there's been a lot of memes going around about R. Kelly saying that he wants to get out of prison or moved somewhere because he doesn't feel safe. He's afraid that he's going to get the coronavirus. and it's very easy for us to make jokes about these things or not have any kind of like sympathy for these people because fuck them. They're terrible people. I think we can all agree, but (laughs) I do think that it, it is a bigger issue than that because Harvey Weinstein got coronavirus in Rikers Mm. and there have been a number of reported confirmed cases in Rikers and it is this prospect of inmates getting this virus, it's very high and there's not yeah. a way to protect this population. Oh, so they no. are an incredibly vulnerable population. There's no way for them to enact uh, healthy social distancing at all of for people who are in prison right now. So mm-hmm. while I can say, fuck Harvey Weinstein, I have no sympathy for you, it is indicative of a much larger issue. uh, And that is what we're going to do with these people who are currently serving sentences in prison. And as we know, a lot of people are in prison for nonviolent offenses and are at risk right now. Yeah. That's a really, really great point.
3: Yeah. And just we should all think about.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's just something to like kind of keep in mind because also in addition to that I mean Andrew Cuomo, the uh, governor of New York, he yeah. came out recently and was like uh, don't I, I think he was trying to make us feel more at ease about something that mm-hmm. he's it was some kind of like something that we are going to need either like medical equipment or or something and yeah. he was like don't worry we have inmates making <laughs> making these for us. oh my gosh and uh, like
3: no well did you hear that his brother has coronavirus?
2: Yes, with no symptoms, which, again, I'm like, must be a privilege to be able to just get yourself tested. Literally,
3: all the celebrities have, like, no symptoms. It's crazy.
2: But, I mean, what the fuck is that? It's just, like, a lot of people have been waiting for tests who have lots of symptoms. Does that mean that all of us have it? I, I think a large number of people do have it and are not showing symptoms, which is why they want people to be social distancing and isolating themselves. Because you can yeah. be passing it on; you could be a carrier even if you have no symptoms. But exactly. the thing is, it's it's so fucked up that people have symptoms, or there are people dying who, because they couldn't get to the hospital soon enough or whatever, their deaths are not being reported as coronavirus; they're being reported yeah. as pneumonia or something else. Uh, right. And those people can't get tests. Yeah. But you got Kris Jenner, who's just like, I'm not feeling good. And then she gets yeah. a fucking test for coronavirus. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, but but yeah, I just want us to be able to keep that in mind. I think that mm-hmm. Americans in particular, but probably a lot of people in the world, have this kind of disdain or dismissive attitude towards prisoners yeah. uh, because we, we're just like, well, fuck them. They're criminals. I think a lot no. of people feel that way. And yeah. uh, they're still human beings. They still have human rights. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are a lot of nonviolent offenders who could very likely come down with this virus and they are not being protected at all. So uh, just something to keep in mind, for the record, our podcast is always Fuck Harvey Weinstein. So yes, no need to question that.
3: Yeah, we are not. uh, We're not questioning whether or not Harvey Weinstein having coronavirus is a good thing or not um i mean no coronavirus is a bad thing but we're not mad that harvey weinstein is going through a hard time
2: yes exactly like i'm not like i I would i don't wish for him to like have that kind of like painful disease or death or anything like that but i'm also not like crying in my bed at night that he's having a tough go of it you know no i'm glad he's not feeling well (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's all I have to say. Okay, so I have a bit of a a fun thing. And then I actually want to read a listener uh, sentence, some things that she's been doing. Sounds to- good. To stay sane during all of this. So today, Wednesday, April 1st, uh, Jimmy Kimmel came out with a video of some ideas for hilarious April fools pranks during social distancing for the coronavirus. So he says, Here are some simple ways to torment your loved ones. The first one he says his daughter Katie came up with, and it says, Text all your friends individually and say, Hey, I'm outside your house, answer the door. The next one is put a sex toy in an Amazon box and tell your mom that a package came. The other one is cancel Netflix and tell your family you did it so you can spend more time together. This one, uh, I, really, <laughs> this one I really like. Program your Alexa to tell everyone to wash
2: their hands every four minutes. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> these are funny, but I don't think I've ever professed publicly my disdain for pranks. Me too. I hate pranks so
3: much. Me too. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is this is more important than the rest of this. Although one of them is boil a roll of toilet paper, which is just plain cruel. Wasteful. Uh, wasteful. Okay, but so when I was younger and I first discovered pranks, I was like, this is going to be so funny. My uncle was in just his like swim trunks out on the beach at my cabin. And he was asleep with like a hat over his head. So I like put whipped cream on like his nipples and on his hat and all down his arms. And then he woke up later, like, ah. And I was like, uncle, I'm so sorry. Let me make you some coffee. So I pour him a cup of coffee from the coffee pot from that morning and I poured in just everything, just. Weird spices and honey, and but like nothing that made it obvious. And I hand him this coffee and it tastes horrible. And I think I'm the funniest thing in the world. I'm like five years old, I'm king. So that night, I get ready for bed and I slept in a cot at the end of the guest bed where my uncle, my aunt would be sleeping. And I pull my covers back and there's like dry white beans everywhere in my bed and I start bawling you're mean
2: you're mean <laughs> yeah you can you can dish it but you can't take it
3: <laughs> oh, well that's my only child in me that's how it was my entire life like i would do something and then someone would do it back to me and i'd be like you can't do that like i didn't have a sibling to like knock me down a couple pegs you know you needed so your time, uncle to teach you some life lessons he didn't he thought it was gonna be funny like because we sleep in the same room like he thought it was gonna be this like ha, 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 I got you back. Let's clean them up. This isn't a big deal. In my head, it was like, we're never going to clean this up. I'm never getting to bed. This is the meanest thing anyone's ever done to me. Like, But ever since then, I've just been so weary of pranksters. It scares me. I'm a yelper like my mom. When I get scared, it's like, oh,
2: you know. I, like I do not like pranks. I have never liked pranks. I think most pranks are mean mm-hmm. in general. And I just don't like making other people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> right. So I don't, I don't these like are, pranks, but these, these seem are wholesome. Funny. Yeah. They're these wholesome. are really
3: wholesome, like family things. Like I'm going to say one more. Cause I thought it was really funny. If you have a, a baby and you are living with a partner, you print out like a really scary picture. Like he printed out a scary picture of a raccoon and you place it like right in front of the camera or in front of where the baby's sleeping. So it's just like, you can see it Keegan on this camera. It's just this view. Mm-hmm. And then when you put the baby to sleep, tell your partner to go check on the baby monitor and they see a rabid raccoon staring back at them. See, I don't think I would like that either. (laughs) That would scare the shit out of me. But that 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 was the most that was the most intense one from Jimmy. Um, Okay, so I am going to read a message that we got today. Okay, so the wonderful Instagram user, it's Natasha C, wrote into us saying how she is staying sane during all this, how she is surviving and thriving. She says, I'm staying sane with everything going on by trying to limit how much time I look at the news. I'm keeping up with it, but I'm not reading it to the point where I feel panicked or upset, which is pretty hard to do. I've had to be really disciplined because if not, I could read way too much. I've watched some TV I've been meaning to watch, and I've been playing with my cats. Whenever I feel sad or anxious, I cuddle them, and they've been such a source of comfort like they always are. I've been calling family and friends, cleaning, writing, and dancing around to music. I've also been playing Sims because it distracts me and I can get immersed in it easily. That's something that I thought about because I bought Sims a while ago
2: and played it when I first got
3: it, and I haven't played it since.
2: Yeah, I really want to get – I I can't find my old Animal Crossing – Mm-hmm. I really want to get another Animal Crossing for my Wii, yeah. uh, Because I feel the same way about the Wii, like or about the Wii. I feel the same way about Animal Crossing, where it's yeah. like you can get completely immersed in a different world. You can like zone out, cut yourself off from reality for a few yep. hours or whatever.
3: Uh, Max ordered an Xbox. so We could play a hockey game. Nice. And he got a baseball game on his computer because he is a sports fanatic and he can't watch any sports. So he's just glad to uh, be a part of it in some way. All right. Getting back to our message here. I'm reading a lot too. I reread a book called Body Positive Power by Megan Crabb, who is Body Positive Panda on Instagram. Because as someone who struggled with similar issues to her, I needed a reminder that I can keep moving forward in my recovery, even when things are difficult. So I was going to message her back and I decided just to talk to her this way. Um, if this is what you're doing, go on Amazon and look up The Eight Keys to Recovery by Carolyn Coston and go back and listen to where I discuss Carolyn Koston, Um Somewhere in our archives, I didn't look it up, but uh, if you are someone who struggles with body positivity or an eating disorder of any kind, uh, that is a book that saved my life and I recommend it to literally any of my friends that um, need some of that help. All right. Again, sorry, getting back to it. Listening to podcasts has been helping. I've been re-listening to old Yamp episodes. I even listened to Red Pill again and you both deserve a medal for putting yourselves through that. <laughs>
2: thank you so much can you remember oh my god it was awful that documentary would would not recommend zero of 10 i think it took a week for both of us to watch it we watched it we watched it in like 15 minute
3: increments yeah okay she says p.s thank you for still putting episodes out if I feel sad or lonely, listening to you guys helps because it feels like having two friends in your ears and it makes things feel more bearable. And I'm sorry if this is a little long. That's Honey, so we sweet. got nothing We got nothing but time. You got nothing but time. Where are we going? Make them long. Yeah,
2: you're right about that.
3: Yeah, exactly. No, I loved it. I think that was the only one that we got this week. So if you want to be like, it's Natasha C., Uh, I would love to share more of those. I think it's great. And it doesn't even have to be all about how much you love us. Like you don't have to say that. That doesn't have to be included. We'll still
2: read your, we'll still read your.
3: Yeah. We're not going to like, we're not going to like not read it. You know, that would be crazy. What I,
2: what I will say is um, as far as like not reading the news too much, I think that that Mm -hmm. is so important. And I think specifically it's very important. And I got this from listening to Daily's Like guys, Miles was saying how at least before bed, try and come up with a new routine other than scrolling on Facebook uh, where you're exposed to the news and people's opinions just Mm -hmm. before bed. Like give yourself that little reprieve before you go to sleep so that you can kind of like regenerate same Mm -hmm. thing right when you wake up in the morning. Because like we were talking about before we started recording, like all the news is coronavirus news. Like all of it is and rightfully so because the world is coming to a standstill and everyone is experiencing this. So we're exposed to it constantly without a lot of a reprieve. So, um, definitely I would recommend garden, ride your bike, read books, uh, play games, find things that don't involve being as connected to the news and other people's opinions. I agree, you know, it's really interesting.
3: I got home today and I opened Instagram and I was scrolling through and I was I was looking at what my boyfriend sent me while I was at work and I was responding to it in person to him and it was like five o'clock and because like when I got home, I'm in the middle of my book and I just immediately started reading and I didn't even look at my phone. And he was like, I sent that to you at like two. Like I'm not even really checking Instagram. I'm not checking Facebook at all. I'm checking the news a little bit when I get home and it's usually on at work when I get there. And even before this happened, I usually play um, a certain type of game of solitaire called Spiderette. I've won almost 250 games in a row on my phone. I love Spider. Spider Solitaire is the best. I've won almost 250 games in a row, Keegan. Congratulations. And then I also have this really, really like dumb. I think it's kind of like a dumb game because I'm mean to myself, but it's basically like you design, like you you style women for different occasions on this like game. I love that. I love any of that stuff where you can just kind of turn your brain off. And
2: it's real designer clothes I like it. It's fun. It's I don't covet. think you have to be in, embarrassed about that. I think but that like it, anything where we can like be a little creative, have a little fun, who, f- mm-hmm. who fucking cares? You yeah, know? exactly. I've been
3: doing that before bed and I just, I've, you know, I make myself look at the news right now because of this. And the first week or so I was so immersed in the news that I felt like I needed a bit of a break because work has been really stressful and, you know, emotions and my anxiety, right now our our bad anxiety is not going super well for me right now so i've had to really stay away but it's been good having this uh, to keep me you know just involved enough to know the things that i'm that i really really want to know and be involved in so
0: yeah.
2: Instead, yeah, guess. I've had to tell Anthony to step away. I'm like, you know, we don't need to know every single thing. We're doing nope. the things that we're supposed to be doing. We're limiting the amount that we like have to go out. We almost like I haven't stepped outside of the house today except for on my balcony. We're doing the things that we're supposed to do. And outside of that, we'll take in as much information as is necessary, but anything more than that is just putting you in a space where this is so far out of our control that you can't like, you just can't, be too, too submerged in it, you know, cause you you're worrying right. isn't going to, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, you worrying, isn't going to change the outcome of like, it's, what's going to happen.
3: Well, like you can't, that's how worry works. When you worry about something before it's happened, you're just worrying about something twice. Yeah, You know, it's like, you can't, you know, it's good to have information, but it's like, it's almost like we're getting different tips and information every day from different sources and different things like that, where it's like, Follow the basic rules of what you feel instinctually are going to be the safest thing for you right now, which means stay inside, wash your hands a lot, make sure that you're not coming in contact with people whenever necessary.
2: Disinfect your stuff when you bring it into your house. Like all mm -hmm. of these things. If you're doing the things you're supposed to do.
3: But you can't worry about your friends getting sick. You can't worry about your family getting sick. You can't worry about any of that because that's not going to change the outcome. We can't control what's going to happen in the future. All we can do is buckle up, settle in, get on some comfy clothes, and wait it out. That's all we can do, you know?
2: Huh. Well, uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you have anything that you want to write into us about, if you want to tell us how you're surviving quarantine, little things that are bringing you joy, we would love to hear that. So please reach out to us. You can do so uh, as It's Natasha C did on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can also email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. we love Love getting emails from you guys, you can also reach out to us on Facebook. We have a business page and a group page. You can leave us a review on our group page or on Apple Podcasts. We did get a new review that we did, and Madigan, I totally forgot to post it yesterday. I know the two of us suck, and we totally forgot to post our, suck our review, uh, but we will do that soon. Yep, and if you would love to leave us a review, we would love to read it. Uh, and you can also listen to us on Radio Public. It is a free way for you to listen, and it helps us out just a little bit. And I think You missed it. one thing. What's that? We YAMF. also have a Twitter.
3: YAMF at YAMF Podcast. Y-A-N-F, YANF Podcast. Y-A-N-F Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they know it by now. They know it. They got it. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it. We got, They're we like, got it. They're like, yeah, they post once a
2: week. It's amazing. They're doing I did it incredibly. I did two
3: posts in one day last week, and I was so proud of myself and then didn't do it again. I know. It's hard to do oh man and my mind has been everywhere i've been forgetting instagram posts i've been forgetting because i'm i'm somehow a second grade teacher now and probably will be till the end of the school year so my life is a little difficult right now it's okay we're all
2: just gonna have to give each other a lot of grace exactly. and patience throughout yeah. this.
3: just all love everybody all love all right everybody that's all we have for to you today With all of that being said we encourage you to Trey, John. John.
1: You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy, but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled, or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.